Welcome to HubShot's episode 190. In this episode, we chat about HubSpot's account-based marketing features. We start playing with quote-based workflows and test a neural network-powered content creation tool. Plus, how to make your Google business listing awesome. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, features, and strategies for growing your sales and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm good, and welcome to another cutting edge episode, Ian. It's deeply powerful, Craig. Deeply powerful, cutting edge. Look, you know, sometimes I'm a, I'm a bit of a whincher, aren't I? But <laughs> Uh, I, and I, I'm sorry, listeners, I, I do realize this, but I don't know if it's just me. I'm just really sensitive. People talking about their services being cutting edge, cutting edge services, cut, cutting edge offering, cutting edge tool, cutting edge, like everything's cutting edge, like nothing's not cutting edge. Please just stop it. You've kindly put the meaning of cutting edge from the dictionary in our growth thought of the week, Craig. Well, exactly, because with the overuse, we've probably forgot what it actually means. And I'll just read it out. Some of it's like highly advanced, innovative or pioneering. So the next time you see someone talking about how they've got a simple digital agency service that's cutting edge, it's like, ask, is this pioneering? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> what is this on the forefront of? It's like the socials, really. It's on the socials. That's right. Now, Craig. Speaking of the socials and LinkedIn in particular. That's right. We would love our listeners to connect with us. And thank you for the people that have connected since last episode. We love hearing from you guys and we appreciate everybody that does listen. So please connect with us on LinkedIn. We'd love to have a conversation with you. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. Now, this feature is resend email feature in the send to more. Let me just set this up, right? <laughs> Because this feature has been in the tool since probably the beginning. As far a as long time, Craig, a long because time, because I, I use this on a, on a almost on a weekly basis because I send out some emails for my connect group, and there's always somebody that says sends me an email says, "Oh, can you add this person to the list to get the email sent out?" And I'm always using this feature. All right, so I'm hopefully I'm the only person that didn't know about this. It just goes to show, you know, I think I know the product reasonably well. And then something like this, I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I not know about this? So maybe there's one or two other people who didn't know about this. But I'll set the context, exactly what you said, sending out a campaign-based email, a campaign goes out. Oh, there's two more people to send it to. Oh, okay. I guess we'll have to clone that email and send it again. Oh, I know. I'll be really smart. I'll make an automation-based email. So then I can just put it in a workflow. I can tip any new people into the workflow. Gold. Anyway, so I was talking about this with Roslyn on on our team because there's a particular client who's yes. going to be doing a lot of this. And I said, oh, should we make this an, uh, a workflow-based email? And she's like, uh, why don't we just use the send more feature? I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this send more feature? I, and I said to you, did you know about this awesome feature? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess the thing, Craig, is that this is hidden in an actions menu on the email screen when you're in that particular email campaign. So it's not readily accessible. Now in that menu, you can you would probably have noticed that there it says to send a test email first, then you can send to more, you can edit the campaign, you can share it to Slack, you can move it to a folder, you can archive it or delete it. And that's all under the actions menu. So listeners, if you haven't actually looked under some of these menus, maybe spend a Spend a minute or two poking around. You might find some interesting things. That's almost HubSpot tip of the week. Just try the menus. You'll find some gold there. 
All right, Craig, and on to our HubSpot sales feature of the week. All right, now talk to me about this. You, uh, you've got this in your uh, portal. I don't. I don't yet have it, but uh, so this talk is in us be- this is in beta, and uh, I have requested access. I actually didn't request access to our portal. It was for a customer of ours that has this national sales team, and they really target key customer accounts. And I just thought, oh, this feature would be really useful. That's why I asked for it. And I've started rolling it out across other portals that we have with people that, and the key thing here is that have sales teams and would use this. And I ran a training session in their, in their weekly sales meeting and just took them through the new feature. So it doesn't seem like it's massive, but I guess it's out of the box. So that's, that's the good thing about it. Now, what has been added is one contact property and two company properties. And what I wanted to highlight from that is what I have done is in the contact, I've added that contact property to the contact pane on the left-hand side. And in the company records, what I've done is actually created a separate tile essentially section and I've named it key account information. So it was really clear to the sales team that they should they should fill this out. And that has the target account and the ideal customer profile. Uh, the target account is tier one to three. So tier one being the one you really want to go after, tier two, next most important tier three is like, yeah, we'd love to have them, but it's not that important. So Target account, isn't that a tick box? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I've got it wrong. Glad you corrected me. Thank you, Craig. Yes. So that is, is it a target account or not? So it's a, it is a yes or no, I think. And then the ideal customer profile is tier one to three. Now in the contact profile, uh, the contact uh, property, they, they use things like, uh, is this person influencer? And this is a multi-select, right? So are they an influencer? Are they a blocker? Blocker. Decision maker. Decision maker, et cetera. So it's really good. Now you can't edit any of those. Just so you're aware, those are fixed you can add some more if you want to that list, but you can't remove any or edit the existing ones. Wow, that's interesting. I, I wish we could do that on custom properties. I'd love to be able to say these, like say create a, I'm totally going off topic here, create a custom property for a client and say, oh, these must be in the drop down, but you can add your own. That'd be nice. Anyway, sorry, I got off track. Well, you know what? That's one of those features. I've actually, I was having a conversation with the potential client and they asked me about that. It's like, oh, if we have this, can we just make sure that people can see this, but not edit any of these? I thought, oh, that's a really interesting thing. So I didn't mention the property in the contact is called the buying role. And the ones that they've said, one of them could be budget holder, could be the blocker, like you said, could be the decision maker, and there could be multiple. So when I was going through this with the sales team, somebody said, oh, that person is an influencer, but they also could be a blocker, which is really interesting because they they had like a consensus around that, that this person, you know, has the opportunity to influence, but also they could block the deal going through. And I thought, wow, okay, that was rather interesting. So from a sales perspective. Now, the next things to be aware of, there is a dashboard. So that pulls in a whole bunch of little widgets and, you know, it'll highlight things like ideal customers, the target accounts by page views, the target accounts by source, deal stage by target accounts, etc. So I'm not going to go through, there's a whole bunch of them there and it's available and in the drop down. So, and what the other things that it does is create lists as well. And obviously from this list, you could then create audiences in your ads as well. And there is 
workflows associated that you can create. And this is a company workflow. It's the sort companies by ideal customer profile fit. And you can go and edit this. This is a template that's available within there. It's not readily apparent that it, which one it is until you, you choose it. So we'll put the link to how to use it and it's actually helpful. So go through that as a first point and then play around with it in your portal if you have requested it. Very nice. Now, I might just make a few quick comments and I will uh, just repeat, I don't yet have this. I haven't really had a chance to play with it. But when I was looking through yours and how you'd set it up, I was like, two things came to mind. One was like, this is just a couple of fields with, like there's no new functionality. It's not like they're calculated fields or anything like that. Theoretically, you could just create these fields yourself. You could have created your workflows yourself and you could probably create pretty close to the dashboards yourself. That's one thought. But the second thought is the great thing about HubSpot is that it guides you down a path and kind of puts you on a bit of a, um, I don't know if I'd say best practice, but um, a good practice path. So for example, the HubSpot lifecycle stage field is a really great field and it just trains people to how to use it. Now, you could create your own custom property. You could have you, you know, can. created, oh, we, wouldn't, we didn't need that to be a HubSpot field. We could have created ourselves and used it, right? But the fact that HubSpot's done that and put so much thought behind it and has knowledge bases is very, very useful. And so when we're talking with clients and onboarding and getting them trained up with like, oh, yeah, that's the lifecycle field. Use this. Here's what's going to happen with ABM because to many, it's still a mystery. And by the way, when I chat with marketers, no two marketers have the same understanding of ABM, right? Yes. And I think it's interesting that this is coming in from a sales perspective because that, that is where it is. When you chat with salespeople, they get it. But it's called account-based marketing, right? Yes. <laughs> it's actually more realistic account-based sales, sales yes. using sometimes marketing. And marketing should support the function. Anyway, I'm going off topic on that regard. But what this is doing, HubSpot by putting this, and by the way, it's in Marketing Pro. Not, yes, You don't need correct. marketing enterprise, this is my, which also was a pleasant surprise because I thought, oh, I'll put this in it, in the new Deeply Powerful Marketing Hub Enterprise 2020, Ian. <laughs> but it's actually in pro, which I think is really good. And we're going to be guiding people. So in a year or two, every marketer that's done even basic level HubSpot stuff will be right across account-based marketing. Here's how you do it. And it'll become a standard. I think that's a really good thing. It's going to take a lot of this mysteriousness about it. There's a lot of people that don't understand it. They think it's this massively complex thing. Everyone's got a different version. And plus there's ABM tools out there that I, I feel are overly complex for a lot of the day-to-day marketing jobs, right in the big enterprise tiers where they're very targeted, sure, and they've got whole campaigns just for one particular kind, sure. But where we're playing and HubSpot's playing, this is a great move. I agree. Now, one of the things that I had to do after talking to the sales team and running them through a session was making sure that on the key accounts, they were actually marking them in the company properties and also marking the contacts within that. So I actually told them to start doing it on the company records first. And then then you can see who the associated contacts are. And then edit the contacts from there in that manner just to keep a consistent flow. So they're going to spend this week doing that. So let's see. You could help them with this because you could create smart lists where yes. you basically use activity-based behavior. And you say... If they're constantly following up, you know, activity on contacts related with these accounts, put them in a list because they're likely to be target accounts, then go through, check it out. And that'll surface some that people might not think of. And I, and I think that kind of stuff will work in down the track 
you might even see HubSpot bringing out some of their machine learning stuff that actually gives recommendations around this. And it's kind of like, we've noticed, you know how that HubSpot used to have that little trends thing and it'll pop up? We've noticed this. It'll say, you know, we've noticed this account has had a lot of activity. Is this a target account, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. uh, I guess what you're saying was really interesting was when uh, clients that are using this, when they had their sales kick off, they actually have a list of target accounts, which I got. And so I was able to, when I was setting this up for them, is go through and go, oh, hang on, is this target account as uh, listed as a company? And I noticed some of them weren't. So they'd given me a list of companies they wanted to target, but not all of them were in HubSpot. So I used this as an opportunity to add one and then go to, well, okay, well, this is based in Sydney. Okay, well, who do we need to know? So I've marked it as a target account, assign it to the right uh, salesperson so that they would get notified as they build up more information around that account. It should help them with their reaching. Right. So you're actually going right to the start of the process. This is almost when they're in prospecting mode. They're like, we don't even know anyone at this account. This is a target account. We're going to set it up. We are then going to find the people, add them into the CRM. So it's that's actually... That's actually right. That's actually the starting process. What we were talking about earlier is kind of you've got existing people in there and you mark them as a target account. That's almost later on. You can almost we could almost use machine learning and workflows to help exactly. mark those. Yeah. And I think that in the getting started guide, it actually says that you could use workflows to automate some of that and fill out the data. Okay, Craig, on to our HubSpot extra of the week. Well, you know what? There was an extra from the ABM beta because you get an extra dashboard. Yes, you do. And I just want to tell, I'm just going to shout out to Tara on my team. We're in a, we're in a company um, uh, client, client call the other day, right? Uh, chatting with the company and they're on pro and I think that you only get a, about four dashboards or something. No, like. you uh, get like... It? Yeah, two, well, don't you get just the standards? You get you get sale. marketing, sales, service. That's it. Yeah, I think there's one called performance now because you get one extra. You can oh, create, there's analytics. I think. And there's also I think an e-commerce. Da- anyway, so they were like, "Oh, can we have more dashboards?" Like, "Oh, no, you don't with um, Pro." And Tara's like, "Oh no, I actually built you. I just used your service dashboard because no one they're not using service. Hub. Yes, and I just wiped out all those widgets and I put and on added, a whole bunch of widgets for correct. you. Correct. So it's like. It's a little bit of a hack there. Ah, oh, you know, um, we need an extra dashboard. Just use the Service Hub dashboard. So here's the benefit of the ABM dashboard. You get an extra dashboard, which you could also move around and add other widgets to as well. That's exactly right. You could definitely do that. So Nice one, Tara. Yeah. So the, and the other one is the Web Analytics dashboard, Craig. Okay, Craig, on to our quote-based workflows. Just started playing with this, uh, quote-based workflows. Actually, Tara pointed this out to me the other day because we had this issue where quotes on a deal, it's actually hard to search deals that have a quote. Like if I said to you, oh, there's there's 200 deals here in, in I think HubSpot. I we spoke about this Yeah, before. we chatted about this a couple of months ago. It's like, well, how would you know? How could I sort and or filter the filter, deals? Filter, yep. Anyway, Tara was pointing out there's quote-based workflows. Unfortunately, it's a sales hub enterprise feature. Now, Craig, let me stop right there. We have workflows in the professional sales and marketing tools. I know. Why is this in enterprise? I don't know. I think this is an inconsistency. I think it's- It is a product inconsistency. They needed something to push you to enterprise in the sales hub, I assume. Well, no. Because quotes are in sales pro. Well, that's exactly right. And the e-signature is in there now as well. So. Yeah. 
and and yet to do a workflow, you've got to go to enterprise on quotes. Inconsistency. It is inconsistent. You know, it's almost, I think they've pushed a few things into enterprise that shouldn't be there. The Remember the one we were talking about a couple of weeks ago where behavioral targeting on yes, chat flows? correct. Exactly the same as behavioral targeting on lead form, I don't know, what pop-up forms. Pop-up forms. Yeah. But in, in chat flows, it's actually an enterprise. Yeah, I think there's some inconsistency. I think yes. they just they just don't want to give it all away. Must need a, a, a reason to, up, to upgrade to enterprise, which fair enough. Their, their product, they can do whatever they <laughs> like, right? But anyway, quote-based workflows are one way. So what we've been doing is yes. saying to people, look, we'll create a custom property, call it quote status or quote whatever, on the deal. And then when you create a deal, if it's draft, you haven't sent it yet, manually update this field on the deal. Right. So you can then query that to actually know whether the, there yeah. is a quote against it. Yeah. So that's one way. Another way is to kind of make it part of the deal stage for um, yes. your pipelines. Like you kind of say, if we're sending a quote, we'll probably make the deal stage quote sent. Yep. But then how do you check which deals have a draft quote that, they, you know, and because oh, by the way, did you know there's a feature where you can, again, in enterprise, sales hub enterprise, you can require quotes to be approved before they're sent. It's actually a setting. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, again, I'm going off topic. I think that's a nice feature because yes. otherwise people can be creating quotes and sending them out Correct. potentially with a payment link. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who's in charge of that? Anyway, getting back to this property, which you put on deals, to so purely for the purpose of being able to filter your deals and say, oh, this one. Anyway, that's a manual thing that you'd have to do. So we're telling the client this, oh, you've been in bar. It's a bit annoying. Quote-based workflows are a great way to do that because you can actually work on the quote status and trigger a workflow, then it updates a property on the deal and automatically keeps that all in sync. Yeah. So really nice features. Um, and in fact, when you look at all the things that you can trigger on a quote, it's actually pretty good. Yes. But unfortunately, only in enterprise. I wonder how many people are using that. I'd love to know. Well, there you go, Craig. What's the gotcha of the week, Craig? Speaking of quotes, which has been getting a bit of focus from of late. us. <laughs> You know, what was funny was you added this to the show and I've been uh, using quotes of, uh, a little bit this uh, couple of weeks with, with ourselves and with with a client and I was thinking to myself, oh, it's so annoying adding tax, the tax field in there every single time. This has got to be the, the biggest request. Actually, no, I was going through the HubSpot community, you know, where people yes. feature requests. Did you know it, they couldn't even do percentage-based tax lines until a couple of months ago? Yeah, instead you had to go tax correct. line, and yes. you had to calculate the. I'm just like, yes, what on I earth? recall that. Anyway, now they've at least got percentage base, so you can say in Australia GST ten percent automatically works it out for you, and it seems quite good. It seems to work it out uh, well, and you might say, well, of course it does. Yeah, but often there's rounding issues, which can GST. It's one of those known problems. Correct. Anyway, the problem is you still manually got to do it for every quote. So we're talking to our client that's sending out hundreds of quotes per month. Wow. And they're like, you mean every single quote, I have to manually add a tax line, type in GST, then change yeah. it to percentage base, then put in 10 so that it adds it. Wow. Surely that should just be an automatic thing. Anyway, there's a HubSpot there's a- community request voted up, folks. I- I'm sure HubSpot will put that in because they know the currency. They can default the currency. Exactly. So surely they can default the tax. And they can add it in and then you could just, if you need, you just delete it. And plus, Ian, do you know any other quoting tool on the market where this isn't just standard? To be honest, no. <laughs> Every other tool. 
And and don't get me wrong, I think quoting is a nice little tool they've added in, but it's pro. It's a pro tier, right? Yes. This is not a startup free no. thing that you know. This is pro, and yeah. No, you can. And you can also have products now, Craig, and you can put them in folders. Folders, thank goodness. It's a good start, nonetheless. Now, another little gotcha is people that are using the SEO tool. So you've obviously got to have um, marketing enterprise or professional, and this is available. Now, if you are using this tool and you work out, okay, I've got my topic cluster here and I'm now associating all of these subtopics. Now, like you rightly said, if you then said oh, one of the subtopics could be a core topic, which then has lots of subtopics against it, and you got to create this in the tool, it lets you do that. But then you can't associate the content because it's already been associated in the previous previous, previous pillar. pillar. Yes, correct. And you can't do anything about it, so... Yeah, so I, I think this is another notch or another nail in the coffin of the HubSpot SEO tool, frankly. I, I, I suspect it's not being used widely. It's probably not well understood. And for the people that would use it, they've probably got more complex requirements. And here's a limitation. So you've got a pillar. Let's call the pillar inbound marketing. The pillar, and it has a few spokes. And one of the spokes might be content strategy for inbound marketing, and that spoke points to your content strategy piece of content. You want to create another pillar called content strategy, right? And you just can't allocate that same piece of content to it. And so how do you create multiple hubs and spokes that link to each other? It's, yeah. Well, I guess if anybody from the product team is listening to this and you've got the answer, please reach out to us and let us know. All right, Craig, marketing tip of the week. Don't trust AI too much for your content. Oh, this is hilarious. There's, uh, I saw this shared on Twitter a little while ago. It's called Talk to Transformer. And this guy, Adam, has, has put together um, a modern neural network tool to basically give it a seed kind of <laughs> uh, topic. Well, give it a snippet, right? A snippet. And it'll fill out with content that's automatically generated from neural network analysis. And I thought, oh, check this out. I wonder if we could put some stuff in. Anyway, folks, it's just hilarious. Like, it just spits out complete gibberish, but it also spits out some scary stuff. So, we've got a screenshot in there. And we're not going to talk about it on the show, but I would recommend you go, you go check it out. I put I, I, the custom prompt I said was, I was walking down the street. And so then I handed over exactly. it to fill it. And by the end, my goodness. It was pretty scary, I have to say. It was very scary. Wow. So, um, marketing tip of the week. Don't get too worried, marketers, that your content will be writing itself with <laughs> machines anytime soon because, wow. It was shocking. All right, Craig, the throwback of the week. So, what was HubSpot announcing 12 months ago? I didn't even catch this when it came out, but they've got, a, you know, the HubSpot marketplace. Yes, which, which is has greatly got, improved. got themes and one of the parts that they added was modules. So, these are little modules that you can add into your pages. And one of them, or they've got two of them. There's a pillar page and a pillar page link module. These are two little modules. And we were playing with it just before the show because it's a free little module you can put in, say, to your blog post. And it ties in with the content strategy tool. Oh, sorry, I mean the SEO tool. Oh, I mean the thing that we think is going to die soon. And it links back to automatically. That's quite good. Because it it'll, it'll tell, oh, this piece of content was you know, associated. A, a spoke with one yep. of my pillar and the hub. Because I've been trying to use the cluster tool. I have. I actually, I believe in it. And trying to use it. And this is a good little module that would support it. And I feel like they've got these little ideas. I think it's a bit of a half-baked tool, which could be really good. And they've got a few modules that are supporting it, which could be really good. 
I, I think it's, you know. It could actually be baked in, to be honest. I, I think it's, like, it's there. It's It could be really good. You know, they've got the elements there. Anyway, there's a throwback from a year ago. I didn't even know about it. I think it's actually quite good. All right. And our reason of the week, Craig, is to optimize your presence online and taking your Google My Business listing to the next level. Now, we always talk about this because this is one of those opportunities that is so easy to take up and use in your business. If there's nothing else that you do from the show today, it's just go do this. And what was really interesting, so they've got they've got some really good guides because I can I often talk to people and they're like confused, like how do we operate this? What do we do? Like, you know, I had a customer contact me this week saying, Oh, my post got rejected because they were they are a commercial property agent and they were trying to put up their listings. And I don't know what they'd done. I didn't look into it too too quickly, but it just had this big rejected across it, which was I'd never ever seen before. So I thought, okay, well, here we go. Let's let's actually look at what what a they're trying to do. So it's got it's got. I've shared a link to a guide, and it's basically it'll tell you how to keep your business information up to date, which is really important, and then how to make your business listing awesome. Add so add the details, updates to make it. Now, one really interesting thing was that I picked up from this this um, guide is that the listing is a great place to showcase photos and businesses with photos receive 42% more requests for driving directions to their location from users on Google and 35% more clicks through to their websites than businesses that don't have photos, which is really interesting. And I looked back and thought to myself, where have I been, how do I describe it, unconsciously using this? And the perfect example is on Google Maps. Often when we go out or I was in the city today and I thought to myself, oh, I just want a really nice cup of coffee. I'm in this location that I hadn't been to for a while. I thought, oh, I'm just going to type it into maps. And then I was looking for stuff and I thought to myself, oh, what was I doing? I was looking at reviews and I was looking at photos. Now, the ones that didn't have photos, I was like, I kind of quickly flipped over them and it didn't give me a sense of, what they were. And then I found this little place that made these great toasted sandwiches, but I, I ran out of time to get one. And I thought, about, and they were a little bit hard to find. And someone had written, oh, it's a little bit hard to find, but it's so well worth it. You know, and luckily they, when I got to the, I kind of knew where it was and I got there and I was like, I was a bit disappointed. I didn't have time to have a toasted sandwich, but they had heaps of photos that people had taken and shared and that they had added. And it made such a difference to me actually going there versus it just being a few photos of what it was like. And I was like, and I just thought to myself, oh, hang on, I'm just doing this without thinking. And if I'm doing this without thinking, then what are other people doing without even knowing that they're doing it and making choices about where they go and and how they spend their money. It's a great place to get ahead. Let me ask you something else. Have you noticed that if the photos include people in them, uh, not customers, but the proprietors, yep. uh, just kind of almost smiling and being proud of their wares, so to speak, that it has even more impact on you? Absolutely. They don't even have to be, you know, super attractive, good looking people. It's just like people here, happy, here's my business. I find that really powerful. And it's, if de- it's very deeply powerful. I tell you why. Because a great example is near where we have our office in a business park in Sydney. Right next door in the building next door, there is this cool cafe, right? Well, it's they could say where all the hipsters go, right? 
But you know, one thing that they do really well is that they all the photos they take where they showcase the cafe and the food and stuff always has the people in it. And one thing you will notice that when people turn up, they recognize those people because they're the people that serve you. It's exactly right. But just by having a photo of someone there, even when I go and it's not the person, I feel more friendly. Say, oh, hi. It's like, I don't know who I am. I just saw that there was a it's weird that, isn't it? I, I feel I'm more friendly okay. if a business has photos of some people. At the end of the day, we're dealing with people, right? They're creating a frictionless experience for us. And the more comfortable you feel, the easier it is to do business, right? So finally, Craig, our quote of the week is from Henry Ford. As you know, I all love, uh, we love automotive things, all things automotive. And he said, those who never make mistakes work for those of us who do. I love that. That is gold. Well, there's some great bonus links of the week. And again, if you found this useful, we'd love you to share it with somebody. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. You don't have to write anything. You can just hit the number of stars and connect with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we really do appreciate you. And we hope that you're having a great month. Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.